Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name and price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to Accelerate Your Business Growth with your host, Diane Helbig. Diane is a leading small business development and leadership coach, author, and speaker who is passionate about sharing valuable ideas, tips, and techniques with business professionals worldwide. Diane brings you the world's experts and gurus in all things business, whether it's sales, structure, social media, planning, or plateauing, guests bring their expertise and energy to each episode. When growing your business is your focus, Accelerate Your Business Growth is the show to listen to. Got a topic or guest suggestion? Let Diane know. The goal is to make sure you have the information you need to move your business forward. Thanks for joining us. Settle in and enjoy. Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for joining me. Today's podcast is sponsored by Audible.com. Audible.com is a leading provider of spoken audio entertainment and information. Listen to audiobooks whenever and wherever you want. Get a free book when you sign up for a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash businessgrowth. Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast continues to enjoy inclusion on lists of the best podcasts to listen to. And this is really because of the guests who join me. These are folks who have expertise in certain areas of business. They give of their time and their knowledge so that all of you can get the answers and the ideas that you need to take back into your business so you can be more successful, have greater results, be happier uh, business owners and sales professionals. My guest today is Peter Mehit. If you have a dream, a business, or both, Peter can help you realize it. After a successful career in the Fortune 100, he's helped over 2,500 clients start, grow, and expand their businesses. Their business plans have raised over $160 million for his clients. He's the co-author of Killer Business Plan, a book that can help you choose the business that is right for you. Thanks so much for joining me today, Peter. Oh, it's exciting. Thanks for having me on. Although I do feel like you've raised everybody's expectations by saying I'm a wonderful guest. We'll see it by the way. <laughs> I try to I'm bring the... <laughs> everybody's expectations down. It makes it a lot easier to deal with. Yeah, I, right. Exactly. Because, you know, if they don't have high expectations, then you're That's sure right. to, to exceed them. Yeah. Under well, promise, over deliver. Exactly. I mean, buy low, sell high, <laughs> under promise, over deliver. Those are the exactly words to right. live by. What, what can I tell you? Well, I am confident, so. No Good. worries here. Good. So, I am curious. You say success is the child of intention, and I love intention. So, I am wondering if you explain to the listeners what you mean by that. 
If you don't know where you're going, any road will get you there. You might encounter all kinds of bright and shiny objects that entertain you, make you feel good about yourself and where you're going. But at the end, you end up at a destination that seems foreign to you and you have no idea how you got there. That's because you didn't decide where you were going before you got in the car and started to drive. And people take vacations, they plan them out, they get maps, they've got uh, their geo GPS devices, they know exactly where they are all the time. They start a business and they won't even do the equivalent of a chart and a scroll on a piece of preparus to figure it out. And then they come to my office two years later and go, I make a million dollars at the top line and I can't afford my mortgage. What am I doing wrong? And so my job, because I'm an all day softy, is to help people find their way back to where it was they thought they were going. And so if they come to me early, I can help them plan. I can actually lay out a strategy and then all the tactics so they can get there. If they come to me and they've already started, which is a lot of people, especially the last two years, is a lot of people said, you know, uh, that whole agile ready fire aim, you know, right. got really popular. Um, and so we're kind of picking people out of the water and drying them off and putting them on new boats. And that's really cool. And then people who are getting kind of toward the end of their company and they're getting ready to sell them and, you know, move on to something else. And we help them position themselves so they can make the most amount of money for them as they can. So we love entrepreneurs. We love brick and mortar. We love main street. We are fans of man. We want to make things happen for them. So, so talk to me some about, I mean, I totally get it. I think a lot of people start businesses because they, are good at something or they have an idea and they get really jazzed up and yes. maybe says to them, wow, you should launch. But what yes. happens when someone goes forward without a clear vision or a goal? Well, see, that's the thing is uh, your friends, right? You always have to be careful about your friends because yeah. when you're good, when you're good at things, people go, you know, you should be able to do this. Being good, being a journeyman with a skill is an entirely different thing than being a business person who can run a business. And it's not that you can't be both things. It's just that they're different things. So that if you're really, really good at a skill, like I've worked with a lot of welders over my career, right? People are super creative, super smart, very quick, brilliant people. And then you sit them front, down in front of a QuickBooks session and they turn into a ball of goo right? They mm -hmm. just don't care and they can't make themselves care. And so one of the, th the first things you learn about yourself in business is what are the things that I'm good at? What are the things that I like to do? And what are the things that I hate to do? And you know what? A lot of times the things that you hate to do are the things that you should be good at and the things you like you to do and you are good at are probably the least valuable way to spend your time. And so part of what we do is like help people visualize what does the business look like a year after you started it, two years after you started it, who are your customers? How are you serving them? How are you getting paid? How are you paying your bills? You know, the mundane machine tasks that have to take place because at the end of a business, the day, a business is just a machine for getting your product to your customer and you getting the money back so you can keep going. And if you don't build that machine, uh, you get blown around by circumstance and that's what happens to most people. You know, 50% of businesses fail in the first year and everybody likes to say they don't have enough money. Well, why don't they have to have enough money? They didn't figure out how much they needed. It all goes back to planning at some point. Yeah, th that's interesting. So, so you said earlier about, you know, you don't go on vacation without studying where you're going. And, and I totally agree with it. And, and, 
and that the planning is really important. And it seems like if people don't know where they're going, that's why they don't put a plan in place right. because, right? That, right? They don't know. Right. They're just sort of doing day after day after day. So is there a difference between a vision and a goal? Yeah. Or are they absolutely. the same thing? Absolutely. Okay. Well, they can be the same thing, but they aren't the same thing. In my book, a goal is something really specific. Like, for example, I want to make a million dollars after year one, or I want to be the second most important uh, clothing store in my city, or I want to have this app have a million um, downloads by 18 months. They're very specific. Specific. How you like that? Take advice from me. I, I, I speak really well. Create words. Um, I, I create words, right? A very specific goal. Okay. So it's something like almost on the order of what people call key process indicators, right? It's like, it's a milestone. I hit this. That means certain things about my company. Maybe I need more investment. Maybe I need more people. Maybe I've hit break even if I have this many customers, whatever it is. And so those are goals to me. A vision is an entirely different thing. And so what I coach people to do is like keep a notebook around and things that interest you, clip them out, tape them in your book, write notes to yourself, make sketches, make little drawings. A vision is I'm starting this business. Here's, I mean, let's go back to Starbucks, which is the best possible example. We want it to only smell like coffee. So no baked goods. We want it. We want you to hear them grinding the beans. So no music. Uh, we want it the very best customer experience. We want it uh, as, as comfortable as possible because we want people to come there and stay there and have people come and meet them there. We want to be like the how the coffee houses were in the 17 and 1800s. Not a place to get coffee, but a place to meet. And they went specifically after that model and they won it. And so the reason why they won that model had more to do with the fact that they had a very clear idea of what it looked like. So they kept ruling out all the things that weren't like it. Right now, Starbucks has evolved, right? There's music, there's food, there's all yeah. kinds of other stuff. But in the beginning, if you remember back how they were, they were very quiet places where you could actually conduct some business if you wanted to. And so I think that if you have that kind of laser laser vision, two things are going to happen. One is you're going to find out all the people who are doing exactly what you're doing so you don't waste your time replicating. And two, so you find out if your vision is unique. And then secondly, you'll know exactly where you're going. So if you have to do something like write a business plan or do a pitch deck or explain something to an investor, you'll explain it concisely and exactly the same way every single time because you've seen it clearly in your mind. Okay, so that sounds to me like the goals come after the vision. So you have the vision, and then you set goals yes. to go after that. Okay. We teach, we teach a class. We've actually taught this to county governments. We teach a class that's called uh, Vision and Strategy for manager, Managers. And why is vision and strategy for managers hard? Because managers don't get to set vision and strategy. They get to enact somebody else's vision and strategy. So we teach what's the difference between a vision, which we kind of just talked about now, a strategy, which is really basically, I am going to do such and so. It's like a goal, but it's broader than a goal because you're also talking about what you want, wish to happen as a result of doing that. And then you have tactics, which really are when you start to get into goals. I'm going to do X, Y, and Z, and it will have this outcome. I'm going to do ABC, and it's going to have this outcome. So I'm going to do um, social networking, and it's going to result in so many likes on my page, or I'm going to... Uh, 
um, sell, I'm going to do cold calling three days a week and I'm going to have it result in two closings a week, whatever it is that you start to get into the specific actions. Those are tactics. And I want to, I know I'm kind of rambling, but I want to say one last thing about that though. If you're thinking about tactics, like say how I'm going to use Facebook ads, right? And you think of it outside of the context of a strategy, which is why am I using Facebook ads? Are my customers even where my Facebook ads are going to be? The first time you talk to somebody that's really amazing about tactics, you're going to just do pretty much anything they say. And the next thing you know, I'm going to talk to you and you're going to say, hey, I just spent $5,000 on Facebook ads. And then we talk about your customer. Maybe that's totally not where you should be spending your money. So that's why you've got to work out your strategy before you worry about tactics. Boy, that's so important. I, I cannot tell you how much I appreciate you talking about that because that is the kind of thing that goes on all the time with small business owners. All the oh, time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And you can't blame yeah. them, really, right? Because they're doing everything, right? Yeah. Yeah, I know. But, and it's so tragic. But that's also why then they get really frustrated with, um, like, social media marketing, for example, because people are coming at them with tactics, but those tactics don't necessarily work for them. But mm -hmm. then they spend all that money, then they're gun shy to do anything mm -hmm. else. It's mm -hmm. really, mm -hmm. ugh. Yeah. yeah, I'll have a, you know, I'll, I'll relate an experience I'll have with a, with an online marketing company that will remain unnamed. But, uh, you know, I went through and I did a, a, a set of tactics with them, which I was really kind of dubious they were going to work. And they kind of worked out exactly how I thought they were going to work. Oh. And then people come back and they go, well, well, you should have really done it this way. Well, you really should have done it this way. And I'm like going, well, wait a minute. When you have my money, I was perfectly good the way you were doing it. Now I did it wrong. Wait a minute. I didn't do anything wrong. You guys are the experts, right? Right. Yeah, you got to be careful because the people in the expert space, you almost need your own expert to know who's the expert in the expert space. Yeah, exactly. I know. Yeah. A little yeah. tricky. It is. Yeah. Tricky. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about business plans. So, and and I'm I would like you to weigh on whether people need a formal business plan or do they need. Uh, a short-term plan, you know, what, what is your, I mean, we know they can't just venture out and just go and see what happens, mm -hmm. but um, you know, there's, there's, I always thought of it as there's business plans for when you're uh, seeking funding and they have to be really big and you have to touch every single aspect of your business and, and on and on and on. And then there's business planning for, how you're going to move forward in your business. So what, what's your viewpoint? It's highly dependent on the audience. If I'm going out and I'm looking for $20 million from a venture capital company, I better have as much nailed down as I can. If I'm going to the bank and I'm looking for an SBA loan, I need to look squeaky clean and everything has got to tie together. If I'm doing a friends and family raise, I would, I would tell people to do business plans for friends and family raises because, you know, when you go to that 4th of July barbecue and you've lost their money, it's going to be really tough. So you got to be careful. Um, but basically I really care about people having the discipline to think about like business owners, as opposed to whatever document they produce. I work with people who put things on sticky notes. I work with people who put things inside of uh, spiral bound notebooks. I work with people who do full business plans. I work with people who've got, um, uh, enterprise uh, resource planning systems to track their goals and their KPI. So I, I work all across the, 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 the lot, but what I've found is that you've got to have some system in mind 
that tells you what you've got to do in the future, what you should be doing right now, and what you, what you just did to make sure that you're on track. And if you don't do that in a systematic manner, then you're going to be reacting to whatever is loudest or the most on fire. And so I'm much less, um, after 15 years in this business, I'm much less wedded to, gee, you got to have a formal business plan to, than to, can you tell me what your, your profit and loss statement looks like? Do you know how many employees you need? Do you know how many sales you need to make in a day to make your, your rent? If you have command of all those numbers, then you've had to have done, done some thinking about the business. So that means to me that, okay, at least you can manage it from a day-to-day -day business, but you're not ever going to grow to anything significant without any planning. I mean, can you run a small business without having a business plan? I've seen it done. Are they better with, with business plans? Yes, they are. But if they're going to grow into something that breaks the first the $1 million limit and then the $5 million limit and then the $10 million limit, they need to be planned out and thought about in advance. And so if you're just starting something and you're starting a dress shop and something like that, you can sit down with a bunch of sticky notes and have one board that says now, one board that says next, and one board that says done and just move the sticky boats back and forth between the boards. That's just as effective as a business plan as any other. It's the discipline of thinking about tomorrow instead of constantly focusing on what's going on today. Awesome. Thank you for that. That that's really that that I totally get that and mm -hmm. and it makes perfect sense for being able to make sure that that you're moving forward. So I'm gonna take a quick sponsor break and then we'll continue from there. Accelerate Your Business Growth Podcast is happy to be sponsored by Audible.com. Audible.com is a leading provider of spoken digital audio entertainment and information. They have over 150,000 titles to choose from, and you can listen to them on any device, including whatever you're hearing us on right now. And if you sign up at our link, which is audibletrial.com slash businessgrowth, you get one free audiobook and a one-month trial of the service. Some examples of books you can listen to on audible.com are Seven Stories Every Salesperson Must Tell by Mike Adams, and The Irresistible Consultant's Guide to Winning Clients by David A. Field. So visit audibletrial.com slash businessgrowth, explore the books that are of interest to you, and receive one free audiobook when you sign up for the trial. Today we're speaking with Peter Mehit about how to succeed in business. Um, and, and Peter, so one of the things that you mentioned about even just moving the sticky notes is about paying attention to progress. So share with the listeners why it's important to actually measure the progress and how frequently you think a business owner should be doing that review and measurement. Okay. Um, just imagine playing a baseball game where you're not counting hits, runs, strikes. First of all, you wouldn't even know when, so you're supposed to switch sides of the field but you'd never know who won, right? So it wouldn't be a very interesting enterprise to do unless you're a very little kid to just hit the ball around forever. At some point, it's got to have a point. And so we do that in our sports. In fact, my, my great hope for America is people love statistical sports, right? Football, basketball, baseball. Sure. Yeah. Well, you're doing the same thing in a business, you know, um, you know pitches, uh, hits, and runs, and strikes, and balls. You, you've got to count them all. 
And if you don't, then they provide, if you predict, if you provide the right kind of measurement and you perform it at the right amount of frequency, it provides a very early warning. Like for example, I know lots and lots of business op, uh, companies, sales companies that provide services where they have to, they have their selling every month that do not have control over their pipeline. They don't know what's in their pipeline. They don't know what's coming down the pipe to them to keep them going. And then they're constantly surprised by nasty uh, outages where they don't have any, any, anything. So if you're watching your pipeline, you know, your pipeline is going down, you know, you have to make more sales efforts regardless of what else, what else is going on because you've got to be constantly be selling, setting the table. The other side of the coin is I can't get my shipments out on time. They're getting later and later and later. What else gets later and later? Your payments. So what else gets later? The money going to the bank. So what else gets later? Next thing you know, you're making your payroll off your credit card. Something you don't want to do. Something I've had to do from time to time. And so planning and those things, they may not take those moments away. There's things like the economy and customers backing out and stuff like that you can't control. But the stuff you can control, you need to control. And so, yeah, you got, I think the, the frequency that a business owner should be looking at their, their receipts and their income and their, their business prospects, minimum of once a week at the minimum. I mean, I look at mine every day, but I mean, once yeah. a week. Okay, great. Now, if we have somebody listening and they're thinking to themselves, okay, I'm hearing all of this and what I am finally ready to own is, I'm really not happy with where my business is and, you know, for various reasons, what, do, what should they do? Well, the first thing they got to do is they got to figure out what is it that they don't like about it. I mean, if it's not producing enough money, there's usually three main causes to that. One is they have, they're going after the wrong customer, so they're not getting enough sales. They're selling the wrong items, so they're not making enough sales. Or the item is costing them too much, so they're making the sales, but they're not getting it at the bottom line. I mean, those, I mean, there are other reasons, but they're kind of like the three biggest ones. So you got to figure out what is that problem. Now, that's a very different problem than saying, I've been doing this for 10 years and I hate it and I don't want to do it anymore. That's an entirely different problem, right? So the yeah. first thing that they've got to do is figure out what's the real problem. And so if the real problem is you're just not interested in the business, then you've got to kind of make an, you know, how can I sell it and get into something else, whatever. If it's the problem is that you're not making enough money from the business, or the business is not making enough sales, then you hire somebody like us to come in and take a look at what's going on and, and, and give you a plan to get you back on your feet so that you can, you know, dig out from where you are. Okay. So I, I love that. So you really have to answer the question, what is it about my business that I'm not happy with? Exactly. Because a lot of times, a lot of times people get into businesses that are harder than they think they're going to be, or they not quite as interested as they think they're going to be. And then they get into it and then the business becomes hard just because they, they're, they don't like it. That's a very different problem than actually having a measurable business problem. If you have an emotional business problem, which is, I just can't stand this you're not going to even be motivated to actually fix it. You're going to be motivated to go the other direction. So it's really important to understand yourself and why you're, why you're feeling the way you're feeling. Yeah. You have to do a real gut check. It sounds yes, like. you do. Yes, you do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think there is the possibility that there are people listening who are also thinking to themselves, 
okay, I hear all of this. This seems like a lot of work, uh, a lot of time that I don't have to, you know, pull uh, away from the day to day, <coughs> excuse me, in order to be able to, to do all of these things. What would you uh, say to anyone who's thinking that? Uh, it's kind of like uh, taking care of your fire extinguishers, right? It's like that takes time too, but <laughs> next time you have a fire and you get out your fire extinguisher and nothing comes out, you're going to say, wow, I wish I'd spent that time. The way I look at it is you're going to spend the time regardless. It's like if you're not educated about something, it's going to come up. If you're not if you don't understand your market and your customers, they're going to go away. And at some point you're going to have to stop and learn about them or, or life will give you a failed business and you'll learn from that. So, I mean, I don't, I don't, there is no escaping learning. You either do it in the, in, in life on the job or you do it with somebody with a mentor or you do it in a classroom and even haven't done it in those other venues, you're still going to do it in real life. The difference is you're going to say, wow, they told me to look out for this and here's that. Oh, they told me to look out for this and here's that. And it, what it'll be is the thing that nobody told you to look out for because either it was so rare or it never happened before. So I just think that there's no, you, you don't get around the learning. It's you, how you choose to do the learning and how hard a lesson you want. Right, because starting a business can be, I don't know, lose your 401k hard, lose your house hard. Yeah. It, it can be that difficult depending on what you go after. So especially once you get emotionally committed, this is, I keep coming back to emotions. I'm probably the only business consultant, business coach lover here that goes here. But you've got to understand yourself emotionally because once you get emotionally committed to a business, it's almost impossible to say this thing is losing. The time to figure out that something's losing is before you start. And even then I've had clients not want to give up. It's like, you can point it out to them on paper. This is not going to pencil out. It doesn't matter if you could get your material to sell for free and it's not going to pencil out and people still want to go into business. That's how powerful once people make an emotional commitment to something it is for them to let it go. That's why planning is really valuable because planning smacks you in the face when there's no witnesses. So you don't have the shame of having gone out there and said, Hey, look what I'm going to do when you found out you couldn't do it. Do you think people, I, that is so powerful. Do you, and I, you just see people doing it all the time. Um, do you, I don't know, I'm not even sure how I want to ask this question. I feel like that, that I encounter people maybe a little too frequently who um, are really trying to do something that is probably not going to be successful mm -hmm. and they really have earplugs in. I mean, mm -hmm. there isn't a person on the planet who could say anything to them to convince them mm -hmm. differently. Um, is, is there, uh, and that's at least in my experience. So I think I'm hearing you say the same thing that there's, there's people who they're still going to do it because it's that emotional tug. Yep. But, but is there, is there any sort of, I don't know what, caution or or well, you might, well, go ahead, but you might want to do this first kind of thing? Well, the best, the best intervention that we have is like, for example, when people hire us to do a business plan, we do it in two parts. Okay, so 
when you pay for a business plan, you pay for part of it up front, which is deposit, and you pay part of it when it's done. Okay, so we do, the very first thing we do is we pencil the business out financially. We do a workshop with them and we say, okay, who's the customer? Who's likely to come? What are you doing? What are we kind of, kind of in very general, make a very general estimate in the beginning that could probably be off by 20% either way. And we make this estimate of what the business is like. And if it looks like it's going to make money, then we'll go on to write the rest of it. And if it's not going to make money and it looks like it's just going to fail, we say, we're very sorry. Here's the work product. We got to this point. We don't think this is going to work. We can't really in good conscience go on and take any more of your money because this is going to fail. Yeah. And that's a very powerful thing. People will take that to, to, away and they'll come back in a couple of months. We've had this many times, come back in a couple of months and have tweaked three or four things and it works. But the, uh, thing about it, the thing about it is they didn't sit on an hourly rate with a coach where we were taking through yeah. that two or three month process. So it didn't cost them a bunch of money. We've had people pay us to go through the process with them. But what happens is sometimes it works. Also about an equal amount of time, people will come back with an entirely different idea. Okay. Because they want to be an entrepreneur. And this time, because they had the experience of getting turned away, they were more careful about how they went forward. But we don't use a very shark tanky approach. We're very, uh, very um, supportive about their business. And as we learn about it, and then we just kind of build a case of here's all the things we found. Like, for example, we had one case of a of a uh, retail business that wanted to site in a certain place that they were never going to change the zoning laws for business was totally profitable, but it had to be in this one space in particular, and they couldn't get the zoning laws to change. And it's, it's not going to make any difference. It doesn't matter how good a business it is. If the city won't let you site it there, you don't have a business. Right. And so if people are willing to listen to reason, yeah. which you'll be surprising, pretty surprised is because we have the benefit of having this much experience and have these many examples, people will generally tend to listen to us. It's, it was worse when we were younger in the business, but now people will tend to listen to us. And to be a hundred percent honest, when we're interviewing people to work with them, we weed people out early. If, if they've got just crazy ideas that aren't going to work, we don't feel like it's a good idea for us to encourage people with crazy ideas or waste ah. our time on them. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. It's that, um, what do they call that? Um, tough love, right? Well, you know, yeah. it's, it's just like, what's the most valuable commodity you've got in life is your time. Right. And we're getting older now. So it's like, I just don't have any of it to waste. I want to be with people who are exciting and doing things and going somewhere and going to get something done. I'm not here to, yeah. I, I tell people frequently, it's funny because I get, I get, chances to speak and people want to build me as a motivational speaker. I'm not, if you're not motivated, I don't really care. <laughs> I want you to be motivated. You got to be motivated first, right? You yeah. know what I'm saying? You got to be motivated. You yeah, got to come yeah. pre-motivated because the thing I've found about when I've worked with people who have to be motivated, they never get anything done. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh God. I'm so with you on that one. That's great. Okay. So speaking of all of this, would you please tell the listeners how they can actually find you and, and anything you got going on? Okay, great. Listen, a couple of things you can get us at, you can get me personally at P M E H I T at custom BPS.com. 
and our website is www.custombps.com. And if you send me a note saying that you want to get a free copy of Killer Business Plan, the uh, ebook, I will send it to you. Plus, I will give you a 30-minute consult free of charge. Wow, that is terrific. Thank you for offering that. And thank you for being here and sharing this information. I think this is a really important thing for anybody to hear. And, and I would say that it doesn't matter where you are in your business. If you're listening to this and you've been in business for three years and you're thinking, whoa, wait a minute, that's me. You can go ahead and start planning in your business right now. There's nothing stopping you. And if you need help and want help, uh, reach out to Peter or someone like him because it's good to work with people who know what they're doing. Yeah, the book's a good place to start, you know, if you, if, because it really does grind, it's a very, it's a practical book. And so it'd be a good place to boil everything down in two or three years is a good time because you've done it long enough to go, wow, I know what doesn't work. And so uh, yeah. you, you're really prime right then. That's a perfect yep. time. Yep. Yep. Perfect. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for uh, being here. And I want to thank the listeners and our sponsor. If you'd like to get a free trial of audible.com and a free audiobook when you sign up for that trial, please go to audibletrial.com slash business growth. As always, continue to prosper and be curious. And until we meet again on another episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, goodbye and good day. Imagine how fast we could solve the world's biggest problems if more SaaS startups would gain traction sooner. Welcome to the Tech Entrepreneur on a Mission podcast. This podcast is dedicated to sharing experiences from B2B SaaS CEOs who are going above and beyond to deliver change that is noticed. You will hear their secrets and learn what is required to build a SaaS business that the world starts talking about and keeps talking about and how to overcome the roadblocks to do so.